Welcome to Salisbury Sermons, a podcast ministry of First United Methodist Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. Today's sermon is a continuation through the story 2021, our discipleship emphasis for this year, where we are encountering God anew in the story of Scripture from beginning to end. The Gospel lesson from Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 34. Listen with me for the word of God. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? If then you are not able to do so small a thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not keep striving for what you are to eat and what you are to drink. And do not keep worrying. For it is the nations of the world that strive after all these things. And your Father knows that you need them. Instead, strive for his kingdom. And these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. I've become a fast fan of the TV show Better Call Saul. It all happened when I had the great fortune of meeting Bob Odenkirk, the lead actor in the show, who plays the lead character, Saul Goodman. Had the chance to meet him over Zoom, and I had heard about this show. I was very curious to start watching. It's about a particular character named Jimmy McGill. During his early days, he's a con man. He's doing all kinds of tricks to try to earn a buck. And then eventually he finds himself having the opportunity to go to law school. And as an attorney, some of his old tricks come back. And he eventually takes up cases for criminals. He needed to come up with a name for himself. And so, representative of his character shifting from Jimmy McGill to Saul Goodman, he came up with the name because it sounds very much like the sentence, it's all good, man. He needed to tell his prospective clients who he was and he wanted to give them assurance. It's all good, man. Saul Goodman. I think that's actually something we all want to hear. We want to be told by someone 
who has our best interests in mind. It's all good, man. Or to put it in other terms, everything is going to be okay. You are going to be okay. We are going to be okay. We want to hear this so badly. We would love to hear it from the people who care the deepest for us. We would love to hear it from God, our creator. In the scripture lessons for week two of the story, I believe we hear this. I believe we hear the Lord proclaiming to Abram and Sarai and their family, everything is going to be okay. I'm going to look out for you. I'm going to provide for you land and a family. The Lord says, I will make covenant with you and I will keep that covenant forever. As we continue to read in Genesis, the family had trouble believing in some of these promises and they took to their own schemes to try to bring about God's favor. They wanted to take matters into their own hands in order to make sure that they would indeed live a prosperous life. When we flip ahead to the New Testament and we continue to read Jesus' life and ministry, we read about his life with the disciples. All of those would-be followers who were eager to listen, eager to watch, and wanting so much to be a part of what Jesus is doing in and around Galilee. Stories like the Good Samaritan are shared. Stories about Jesus with Mary and Martha, Jesus giving the Lord's Prayer. I'm really especially intrigued in Jesus' teaching about worry that we just heard. Jesus' teaching about worry. I suspect Jesus knew that his followers would need to hear this. Because so many of us go through life fretting away the day. Now, let's be clear. There are some related words to worry that have particular meanings, and we're good to think about them. Thinking about the word stress. The word stress, as we understand it, was first brought into our vernacular by the researcher Hans Salier during the middle part of the 20th century. When he was a medical school student, he started noticing some behaviors that were common amongst different patients, even though they had different diseases, different diagnoses. It was manifesting in similar ways. And he started to recognize that there was a psychosomatic correlation between what was happening to people's lives and how it was manifesting in their bodies, but also in their thoughts and feelings and in their words. And so he borrowed from the world of physics. And he noted how if you take something like wood or plastic or paper, and if you apply pressure on it in just the right way, if you apply stress on the material, it will cause it to break. So he started to observe stressors, points of pressure, that would cause a person to break. And so you and I observe stressors in our life all the time. 
Some of the stressors are related to finances, scheduling, conflict with people. Many of the stressors are related to not knowing the outcome of a situation. And according to Salier, the only thing we can do is either remove the stressor or adapt to the situation. Everything that you read that is under the category of stress management is built upon this foundational work. Sometimes we can remove the stressor. For example, if you get a splinter in your finger, the best way is not to just keep on doing what you're doing, but you need to remove the splinter, remove the stressor. Sometimes there are stressors in our life that we cannot remove, and we have no alternative but to adapt. And oh, it is so difficult oftentimes. There are sometimes that because there are chemicals within our bodies that enable us to adapt, adrenaline, cortisol, etc. Sometimes, sometimes people have struggles adapting. Sometimes life is so overwhelming. Sometimes when we cannot remove the stressor, we cannot adapt, and the stress of life causes distress within us, many of us experience anxiety. And sometimes dealing with anxiety means we need to seek professional help from a therapist, even a psychiatrist. And these are much needed resources. And if you need these resources, go and seek them out and receive their help. Know that they are there to help you. So along with the word worry, we have words like stress and anxiety. I want us to think particularly about worry. Jesus knows that we will worry. And he says, don't worry, because worrying will not add anything to the length of your life. Look at these birds. They have what they need. And how much more valuable are you, says Jesus. He's not only looking at the disciples within earshot, but I think he's looking at the entirety of the Christian church, and, and I believe he's looking at, at you right now. He says, how much more valuable are you? Look at the lilies, how beautiful they are. They, they don't toil away. The use of that word, I think, is particular because there's another time it's used in the Bible. In the story of creation with Adam and Eve and in the garden, and when they break the law of God, presuming that they can be God for themselves, and sin comes into the world, you see that part of the penalty of sin is humanity's need to toil. That is to work in such a way that we find ourselves spinning our wheels, not making much progress oftentimes. Look at the lilies, says Jesus. They don't toil. And look how beautiful and lovely they are. They're not worrying about how they're going to look. Jesus talks specifically here about food and clothing. Food and clothing. These are some of the basic necessities of life. In fact... In Maslow's hierarchy of needs, 
These are some of the things at the very base level. According to this researcher, Maslow, there are some things that people need in life in order to flourish and eventually become true to who they are. Before they can ever think about having self-confidence, before they can ever think about having determination and success as a person in the world, there are some very basic needs like food, clothing, water, shelter. These are the basic needs that need to be met first. And then as you travel up this pyramid, there are some other needs that could be met. Jesus says these basic needs, wow, look at the birds, look at the lilies. How much more does God love you? Of course God wants to provide for you. And it's not just these things of the world. God wants to provide for you the kingdom. God's reign on earth so that you can experience God's love fully now and in glory forever. I believe that Jesus' teaching on worry is one that we need to remind ourselves of every day, every day, especially during the pandemic. Because over the past several months, We've had so much change. We've experienced so much loss. And we're left with so many questions, moments of curiosity, that we can't help but be concerned. And perhaps you've heard me say before, there's a difference between concern and worry. Concern demonstrates your care and compassion, especially for people in need. Concern shows that you have a pulse. When you recognize that there is injustice in the world, you have concern. When you recognize that there are some people who are pushed to the sides, ignored, treated as invisible, as if their lives don't matter, you should be concerned. When you see that there are children in our own community of Salisbury and Rowan County who are hungry, who are struggling to live in a safe home with role models who can look after them, you should be concerned. When you know that there are people who go to Rowan Helping Ministries every day, hoping that there's someone there to provide for them a warm meal, a place where they can rest their head at night, job training so that they can get up on their feet, you should be concerned. Concern and worry are altogether different. Worry, especially worry about yourself, a self-interested, a self-centered consumption of thought about your own well-being, that's altogether different. And I believe, I believe Jesus is, is saying that when your life is consumed with worry, there's not a whole lot of other room for experiencing God's kingdom. We want so badly for someone to reach down to us and say, it's all good, man, or everything is going to be okay. No need to worry. Yet we still have concerns, don't we? 
I remember in the 1980s there was that popular song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. And then I remember in the 1990s there was a very popular phrase, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and It's All Small Stuff. Well, put it all together, in church, you can come across being misled to suppose that if you are concerned, then there's something wrong with you. That if you have thoughts that trouble you, that you're on the wrong path. That very well might be the case, or maybe not. All of us go through life with different experiences that translate to thoughts and feelings. And we end up experiencing the world in different ways. Many of us are able to process and manage the difficulties of life during the course of the day. And some of us lay awake at night, being troubled, worrying. In full disclosure, sometimes that's me. Oftentimes, I not only have trouble falling asleep, I can go to sleep just fine, I can rest my head on the pillow, but then something happens around 3.30 in the morning, and I wake up, and I'm all of a sudden thinking about everything all at once. And I confess, sometimes I'm worrying. Does that ever happen to you? I hope that you can be with me listening for Jesus reaching over with a strong and loving hand, telling us it's all good. Everything is going to be okay. And the best way that you and I can hear this is to trust in the promises made for us in the waters of our baptism. On this baptism of the Lord Sunday, we invite you to reaffirm the baptismal promises made on your behalf. Maybe you were baptized as an infant, maybe as a young person who could speak for him or herself, maybe you were baptized as an adult. Whenever you were baptized, there were people there to, to witness your baptism, to affirm who you are as a person created in God's holy image. And not only that, God made a promise God made a promise, and God's promises never expire. They never go out. They were always good. And so there's no need to renew your baptism, and there's, there's no need to be baptized again, because we place an emphasis on what God did in the moment of your baptism. And today is a day to reaffirm that baptismal promise. Because when we live into the waters of our baptism, we are celebrating God's reign, God's kingdom. Jesus says, this is what you ought to be seeking in the world. And when you do, everything else will be taken care of. Seek first the kingdom of God. Here's one way you can think about it. Imagine a drinking glass. Imagine starting out your day with an empty drinking glass. What goes inside of it during the course of the day? I'm not talking about Gatorade or water. I'm talking about your thoughts, your actions. What fills your calendar? What fills your heart during the course of the day? 
My hope is that when you seek first the kingdom and you live within the baptismal promises of God, what goes into that cup? Gratitude, thanksgiving, joy, hope, celebration. And when you keep filling your cup in this way, here's what you'll notice. There's no room for worry. You see, it's not so simple to just say to someone, eh, don't worry. Quite frankly, that's not good enough. Instead, we need to seek God's kingdom, celebrating the promises that God made on our behalf. We fill our cup with God's promises, represented in all of the goodness of life that we celebrate. And here's what you'll notice. Your cup will runneth over. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we ask that you would rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to share us with your friends. For more information about FUMC and our mission to make and nurture Christian disciples through the presence and power of God, we invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And please visit our website at fumcsalisbury.org.